Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Rowdy Buddhist Podcast. I appreciate everyone's support. It's been inspiring to see how well-received all of our podcasts have been. Today, I wanted to talk about, because of our Enkyoji lineage, especially the main disciple of Nichiren Shonen that's responsible for our lineage, and also because it's a rather interesting aspect of Nichiren Buddhism, which is quite different than most traditions as they are transmitted to future generations. That, of course, would be the layperson of Toki Jonin. Toki Jonin is one of the first generation of Nichiren Shonen's most immediate disciples. And it is important to know because each of the disciples have very distinctive aspects that they contributed to the affluence and growing of our tradition. But I think Toki Jonin uh, and our lineage, uh, especially as for what our direction is for Enkyoji, it's important to understand the personality and his contribution. And although he was not what is considered a priest, although I would believe that most of the uh, disciples of Nichiren Shonen, although um, Tendai priest or uh, ordained priest, they were not fully ordained because every year a fully ordained priest was only one or two out of the entire country. Uh, and that was a rather rare thing because it, of course, involved power that if one was given full vows and for full precepts, uh, they had a certain level of power distinction. So therefore that was highly regulated. But Toki Jonin was seen as basically the rock of refuge for Nichiren and Shonen. Um, and that was always since the beginning when he became a follower. Of course, we know that he opened his home in Shimosa uh, province for the protection of all Nichiren and uh, Buddhist believers, especially persecuted believers. And he had converted and given his house over to become one of the most important centers of Nichiren and Buddhism, as we can even see today. Uh, it's important to understand his status, that his status was as a devout layperson, what is called a nudo. A nudo is interesting because it is a layperson who has taken religious vows, but has not yet totally abandoned uh, the obligation, the secular and family obligations of that of a householder. Although in the letters it is shined as a uh, he has signed many of his letters as Shami uh, Toki Jonin, uh, which is interesting because Shami, of course, means novice. Um, that that is a really interesting aspect. That uh, of course this is a hotly debated uh, aspect of the history of our lineage. In that, what was his exact? Uh, status as far as with Nichiren and Shonen, uh, whether it was more or just as a lay person. However, um, of course, this did not dissuade him from being perhaps even the leader uh, of Nichiren and Buddhism. And, and basically, although he had not taken official vows, he had um, been one of the biggest con- contributors to the reason why Nichiren and Buddhism survived. Of course, at that time, the head government, the Hojo Regency, deeply distrusted him. Uh, and he, and especially him and even Shijo Kingo and Ota Jomyo, uh, who were the, fir- the three most prominent believers in that particular area, 
were brought in for questioning because they were seen as diversive and uh, uh, causing disruption and harmony in the government at that time. So they were brought in for questioning and and uh, investigated, etc., which must have been very difficult. And as we see uh, in, in many families, this had caused dissension uh, because it was the possibility of losing uh, their position or even, of course, losing their life. Um, because Tokijonin was so exceptionally learned and studied as a samurai, especially of an upper-level samurai, um, he received uh, from Nichiren Shonen some of the most important teachings uh, and letters and even documents from Nichiren Shonen. And, of course, he is known to have treasured these documents and made a important aspect and a point to preserve them. That's why we have many of them today. And this, of course, um, ended, uh, how do you say, um, bloomed into his biggest vow after Nietzsche and Shonen had passed away, was to collect all the copies of the founder's writings and, and then catalog, catalog them uh, for future generations, which was one of the reasons why we have so many letters from Nietzsche and Shonen and how they're actually um, given with background information. That was one of the aspects that this was for the future education of Nichiren and Shonen's teachings and preservation of. And in his will specifically, when he passed away, he specified that these documents were never to be removed from the uh, protection of his family's temple. And there they have remained uh, as of today. Uh, and of course, that is well protected and uh, always a treasure trove of information about our founder Nietzsche and Shonen. Now, in that area, which many people may know that the current temple or area is called Nakayama, which in that in that area, three temples became the center of what was we what we would call today the Nakayama school. So these three temples came together to establish our lineage. Uh, these three temples were the Mama Guhoji, which was a former Tendai temple, which Nichiren and Shonen put under the direction of his senior disciple, uh, Nicho Shonen, and also Nakayama Homyoji, uh, which was formerly the residence of Ota Jomyo, and of course, the last one being Wakamiya Hokeji, uh, which is the family temple of Tokijonen. That is a uh, extremely important place for us as in Kyoji. Uh, Ota Jomyo's uh, son, Niko, which is not to be confused as with the senior disciple Niko Shonen, uh, served as the head priest of, the two, of two of the temples, uh, which then in the future eventually merged into what we know now as the entity called Hokei Kyoji, uh, which has been, of course, one of the most important epicenters of Nichiren Buddhism ever since, not just for, as which we'll, we'll talk about later, the esoteric teachings, but also for the preservation of the teachings in for future generations. It's important to understand Tokijonin's character, that actually he was an extremely important and established natural leader. And so therefore, after, uh, and this is of course with some controversy after Nichiren Shonen's death, 
he decided to ordain himself as a monk, as a priest, taking the Buddhist uh, name, uh, Nichijo. And it's, it's important, and I, I feel that there is some jealousy that actually out of all the disciples, very few uh, people in Nichiren and Shonen's life had been entrusted with more important documents as well as the confidence of the founder um, prior to Nichiren and Shonen's death. And I believe that if, if he was a fully ordained monk at that time, he definitely would have been one of the main uh, senior disciples and I believe even perhaps the leader. Um, but after Nichiren Shonen's uh, passing, I believe he realized the importance of his position. And at that time, he decided that since Nichiren Shonen was no longer alive, that he would take upon the uh, option that is in Buddhism to personally ordain himself. And of course, this came with some controversy, uh, in which we'll talk about later in the, uh, especially the Edo period, uh, in which how the other Nichiren Shou, uh, Shu or Nichiren Buddhist or Hokkei-kyo lineages or lines looked upon the Hokkei-kyo uh, or Nakayama lineage uh, with some disdain. Of course, this procedure was not unprecedented. There is an aspect that if there is uh, a dire emergency and there is no master or members of the Sangha to perform the ceremony, uh, one is able to uh, ordain oneself. And of course, he used the Sutra of Meditation on Bodhisattva Universal Virtue, which, of course, in that aspect shows the idea of self-ordination and how it is performed in such a important and strenuous situation. Uh, after the person purifies themselves through strenuous preparation or purification, they then take the monastic vows uh, before the eternal Buddha and Shakyamuni Buddha. And they ask uh, Manjusuri to be their preceptor uh, in their practice and be the teacher of Maitreya in the world to come in the future, as we know as the future Buddha, to have the law bestowed upon them and to bear witness of all the bodhisattvas of great virtue uh, to support one in their practice. And in that, they take refuge in, of course, the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Now, of course, many people don't know, but uh, Tokijonin's stepson, Nicho, which is uh, one of the lesser disciples, was a ordained Pendai monk. But many people may think that why he didn't ask, that, ask him to do that. And, of course, this falls to the idea of the Confucian ethics that a father or, for this instance, a stepfather is always superior to his son and therefore could not, in the social constructs of the situation, allow uh, to be ordained by his uh, stepson or uh, kohai or lower uh, position to himself. So therefore, he relied on and used the special relationship with Nichiren Shonen uh, to turn uh, as he believed Nichiren Shonen would have directed him to do to the Buddha himself. And this, of course, is probably for the later breaking or dissolving of the relationship between uh, Toki Jonin and his son 
uh, stepson, uh, Nichol Shonen. And of course, the Nakayama school, which of course people see as a self-consecrated body of, of lay people, uh, it turned, it, it became, and as we know, uh, through Enkyoji became one of the most aggressive and and most successful branches of Nichiren Buddhism in propagation. And of course, as I stated before, in the medieval uh, Buddhist time, it was actually seen as an unauthorized uh, school of Nichiren Buddhism. Uh, but in that, it was it very much surprised and, of course, inspired people by its uh, deep devotion to study and, of course, to propagation, uh, which, of course, then, uh, in many people's eyes, made it uh, very legitimate. Also, as we know, one of the main aspects of our lineage is that of the esoteric aspect of the 100-day Dai Aragyo, uh, austere training uh, that is, of course, uh, to allow the practitioner to develop an understanding and awakening to the spiritual realm so that they can be able to perform uh, this ceremony of uh, purification and uh, uh, manifestation of Buddha nature in allowing uh, the elements and as we see in a medicinal aspect to protect and uh, empower the practitioner. Um, now, as we may or may not know, this practice um, it was also seen as something different than perhaps many of the other lineages, uh, even to this to this day, accept or do not accept. There are some lines of Nichiren Buddhism within Nichiren Shu uh, that do not accept this particular ascetic practice and actually seen it as something contrary to the original ideas of Nichiren Shonen. So therefore, I wanted to tell a little bit about, of course, this is a very general explanation of uh, Toki Jonin, who is the founder of our Nakayama lineage, in which Enkyoji is part of. But it's most important for us, and of course, the, the information in history that keeps coming out we're able to see more and more that perhaps, and, and this is a more, uh, how do you say, accepted theory is now that perhaps um, there was a uh, ordination or uh, empowerment by Nichiren and Shonen. As we can see uh, in our lineage, the transmission of such important documents that are the basis for the Aragyo called the Kitosho, which are particularly the esoteric documents transmitted just to Toki Jonin from Nichiren Shonen. Um, that is seen as a speciality of our lineage. But with that, also the zeal of propagation, in which later we'll go on to, of course, some of our famous ancestors uh, and teachers of the Nakayama lineage, um, which we'll go on to in our next series. So I hope all of you, uh, this gives you a little bit of background about uh, the beginnings of Enkyoji lineage. And uh, I hope all of you will tune in for the next segment in which we'll continue on with some of the important priests uh, in histories of the Enkyoji lineage. So I hope all of you uh, be well and see you next time. Namu Myoho Gekyo.